0: Hello again, my name is Michael.
1: And I'm Grace.
0: And welcome back to Disney Through the Ages.
1: On this show, my husband and I are watching every animated Disney movie in order, starting with Snow White and continuing, you know, through the ages.
0: Then, after watching each movie, we'll come back here to give a review and talk about whether these old classics hold up to modern standards, as well as seeing how Disney movies have evolved over the years.
1: Today we're watching Alice in Wonderland.
0: Alice in Wonderland, that's one I haven't seen in a very long time.
1: It's been a really long time for me, also.
0: We're not watching the one with Johnny Depp, right?
1: Not that one. Damn
0: no. it! I like that one.
1: That one's not animated.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, debatably. <laughs> I
1: was gonna say just the AGI. Yeah.
0: So, uh, what are your thoughts and expectations before going into this movie?
1: I'm looking forward to rewatching it. As a kid, it was always kind of weird, and I didn't necessarily understand what was going on. So, I'm looking forward to a rewatch, especially since the last time I watched it, I actually read the actual Alice in Wonderland book. So. Oh, nice.
0: Yeah, I've never read the book. Um, I've seen the live-action movie a whole lot more recently um, than the animated version. But I do really enjoy it. And I'm interested to see... I'm kind of wondering... Because now, like as an adult, I absolutely love surrealist humor. Stuff like Monty Python. and Like, absurdity. And I wonder how much of that is in this movie that I didn't recognize as a kid. Because it is very much... An absurd and surreal movie. And I'm wondering if there's like some jokes I didn't get as a kid or things like that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how the fact that I'm an adult influences my viewing of this movie.
1: Same. Also, the big question for me watching this movie, again, after so long is am I going to love Dinah as much as I loved Figaro?
0: I thought the big question was, how is a raven like a writing desk?
1: No, no, it's all about the cats. <laughs> okay,
0: fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Well, obviously, Chesh is the winner, because he's the best emoji in Emoji Blitz.
1: That's fair.
0: All right, so uh, without further ado, we will go watch the movie, and we'll be right back. Well, that was different than I remembered. Same. Uh, To be honest, after watching that, I'm like, I don't know if I've ever actually seen the animated version. Um, I definitely have read some of the stories... And have seen the live-action version with Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter and all that. Uh, But I don't think I've ever actually seen this animated version before.
1: Yeah, there's a lot that goes on during it. And it's very, um, I think, fanciful is the word I'm going to go with.
0: Yeah, so uh, plot-wise, if you don't know the movie, basically, uh, Alice in Wonderland is about a girl named Alice, obviously. And uh, so she is... Alice is a fanciful girl who probably had ADD before it was known to be a thing. And, uh, her, I guess it's her mother is kind of getting on to her about not paying attention to her lessons. And she's like, well, if this was my world, then everything would be crazy and, and there wouldn't be any books without pictures and, uh, everything would be nonsense because what it would be, it wouldn't be. And what it was, it, it wasn't. Like, she was just kind of going off like that. And so next thing you know, she sees the white rabbit, who's late, I'm late, I'm late for a very important date, running past. And so she follows him down the rabbit hole, as the saying goes, and uh, ends up in this crazy land of Wonderland. So that's basically the plot of the movie. She's in this nonsensical place and has to try to find her way back home.
1: Yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. And then eventually she wakes up.
0: Yeah, because at the end of the movie, she looks through the keyhole in the door and is like, wait a minute. That's me. I'm asleep. Wake up, Alice! (laughs) So, um, it had all been in her head the whole time.
1: So, as far as originality and plot, um, how did you feel about it?
0: So, like most other early Disney movies, it's kind of hard to give a rating on an originality because it's based on a story. Like, it's not an original Disney tale, um so I mean originality of the original story like Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland um it's very original it's very whimsical and fanciful and it's definitely a world where things don't have to make sense and in fact most things don't make sense
1: yeah agreed so it is even though it's based on a book like, I feel like it's a pretty original. Like, I don't think there's been any movies like this up to this point, because you can't really do this kind of thing not animated.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Especially at the time. You know, nowadays, CGI has gotten to the point where we have crazy stuff like Inception or Doctor Strange and, like, you know, weird, crazy stuff happening on screen uh, in a live action movie. But back in the day, especially, uh, you're right, it had to be animated to get that kind of trippy feel of it. But yeah, overall, I enjoyed... What plot there was like you said essentially the plot is she has to get home and so there's lots of weird stuff happening to her but none of that is really driving the plot there is no plot to be driven it's just kind of Alice's adventures in Wonderland
1: yeah exactly I think that's why I had such a hard problem understanding it as a kid because there wasn't really a plot to it
0: yeah so I guess we can uh, run through some highlights of you know the different things that happened to her so like I said first thing she's following the rab- white rabbit I thought it was kind of hilarious. That early on, she tells her cat, curiosity often leads to trouble. Which is like, you know, curiosity killed the cat. And yet, she's curious. And just, you know, I don't know. The whole situation was kind of ironic to me. Um, And then so she falls down, down down the rabbit hole. And that whole scene, and the house especially, once she gets to the bottom of the rabbit hole, was super trippy and really impressive animation-wise.
1: Agreed. Uh, one thing that stands out to me is the the flowers are just so, they're so rude. Like, a, okay, a lot of these characters are really so rude, actually.
0: Yeah, so Alice ends up in a garden and she's eaten or drank something. I can't remember. The moral of the story really is, don't eat or drink things that you find randomly around that say, eat me, drink me, because you will probably hallucinate or shrink or grow or maybe die. Um, but she ends up in a flower garden, and the flowers are talking to her, which is really your first hint, well, I mean, it's basically your first hint that this world is all just in her head, because earlier she had said, if if I was in charge of a world, then flowers could talk.
1: Yeah, she specifically said flowers would have extra
0: powers. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, going back to that, I thought that was interesting that was, that, that was her, uh, I want song, you know, yeah. Liz, you know, everybody has their, a dream is a wish a heart makes or a, uh, I want to be where the people are. Or, you know, every, every Disney princess has their song where they're stating what they want. Um, and Alice's was that she wanted wonderland. So that was kind of leading into, Oh, it's all in her head, isn't it? Cause in, in the, in the live action, Alice in wonderland, Wonderland actually exists as a separate place, but then in this one it's all just a dream.
1: Yeah, it's a little hard talking about the plot cuz there's not like a, a set plot, there's just these random string of events.
0: Yeah, um one thing I'm going to say that might be controversial but I'm going to say it anyway, I hated Tweedledee and Tweedledum.
1: Again, going back, they were kind of they were kind of rude and yeah, the whole thing... Tweedledee and Tweedledum thing is just like really weird you know they like con her into staying for a story and then they just try and keep her there and it's just really weird and strange and I don't know just very creepy
0: yeah yeah creepy is a good word for it and honestly like at that point was when I turned on subtitles because I could not understand a word of what they were saying and I had cranked the volume up pretty high um, but they just spoke with such weird voices and accents and I'm not like trying to make fun of a Scottish accent. They were bad Scottish accents. It wasn't realistic at all, and it was—I don't know—it was just really bad. Um, and then they, they weren't cute. They were. There was this whole thing where, like, anytime they touched each other, they would like, like, honk like a old school bike horn or like a clown's nose or something. Um, and it was—it was just so weird.
1: And the story they they told was really weird too.
0: Yeah, this whole thing about cabbages and kings, which again, it's nonsensical. There's lots of things like why, what's the cabbage's connection? What's the king's connection? And there's this walrus, but then the whole thing is about murdering baby oysters. It's terrifying. Like their little shells are, are little bonnets on them. Like they're babies, you know, and, and the guy eats all of them. And it's just horrifying.
1: It is, and then um, then he rightly gets chased with a hammer. Uh, but it's so it's so weird. And at the end, like that was totally it was just like, well, that's a good lesson if you're an oyster, I guess.
0: Now, one part that I thought was really cute was the next song, actually, which was the flowers bit that you were talking about. Um, it was called a "Golden Afternoon," I think. Um, where the flowers were all singing a song to her, and it was really cute because there were the. Uh, bread and butter flies, which looked like their wings were made of bread with butter on it. So it's a cute little pun. And then there was a, um, rocking horse fly. So it's like a horse fly, but it's, it's a rocking horse with wings. Um, and like that whole flowers singing bit kind of reminded me of some of the better parts of Fantasia. Where it's just like weird trippy stuff going on, but it was cute music, you know?
1: Agreed. And it's nice that they had this little compromise where they all got to sing together.
0: And uh the Blue Caterpillar, I, I feel like I remember the Blue Caterpillar being more of an important role in the story, which I think comes from the live-action movie. Because in the live-action, he's voiced by Alan Rickman, and he actually has more of a central role in Alice's adventures, um, whereas in this, he just kind of like smoked a lot and blew smoke letters in Alice's face and asked her, who are you? Like a lot. And it was just weird.
1: Yeah. Agreed. I was like, Oh, no wonder I don't really remember this part because it was just kind of odd.
0: So, fun fact. The Cheshire cat is voiced by Winnie the Pooh and the Mad Hatter. uh, His voice sounded really familiar to me. And so I looked it up and it's uh, from Mary Poppins, uncle Albert, who's like the crazy guy that they go and visit. And they're like, laughing so much that they float up to the ceiling it's like this weird scene in mary poppins um but that's that's who voiced uh the mad hatter as well and so it's if you if you're thinking that the voices sound familiar that's who they are
1: yeah i enjoyed the next part with the mad hatter and the hair and the mouse Uh, that was probably my favorite part
0: Yeah, the Unbirthday song was so great. Uh, I jokingly told Grace I'm going to start singing Unbirthday to her every time I bring her a cup of tea now.
1: I think he's going to quit bringing me tea.
0: (laughs) At least until I memorized all the lyrics. Also, uh, one thing I noticed was a lot of people quote the Cheshire Cat as saying, we're all mad here. But that's not what he says. What he actually says is, most everyone's mad here. You may have noticed that I'm not all there myself. And then he, like, disappears, proving that he's not all there. Um, But I I just thought it was interesting that it's one of those lines that's so often misquoted that it's even, like, on official Disney merchandise. Uh, Like, I have a pin from Disney World that says, we're all mad here.
1: Yeah, and then I didn't realize how much of a jerk Chesh was. Like, especially, like, at the end, I was like, what? Chesh? What? (laughs) Why are you being so mean? Like, you're... You want to get Alice killed? Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, he was doing everything he possibly could to antagonize the Red Queen and, like, make her mad at Alice. And he's, he even at one point was like, you want to see if we can make her even madder? And Alice is like, no! And he's like, okay, I'm gonna, because it's fun.
1: Yeah, so that was like, oh, I like it, but, like, that's so rude.
0: So, uh, moving on to, since we mentioned the Red Queen, uh, that was just a wild ride. Uh, ever since the Red Queen was introduced. Um So it starts out with a big song about painting the roses red, which was kind of funny because, you know, they're painting the roses red. And even though they'll be dead, we have to paint them rose- the roses red because the queen likes them red. And then she'll take our heads if we don't paint them red. And it's like this whole weird thing um, because she's the Red Queen. So, of course, she wanted red roses. Why would you plant white roses to begin with?
1: Yeah, that was just poor planning on their part to begin with. So,
0: and I must say, the animation of the cards all marching around was absolutely stunning. I loved every bit of that. It was just so magical and surreal watching these sentient playing cards marching around in unison. Like it, l- it looked really good.
1: But yeah, and then they have a, the tr- a trial, like <laughs> just this, yeah. the next weird part of this wild ride. <laughs>
0: so in between there uh they play croquet and they use a hedgehog as the ball and the hedgehog does a little spin roll and i'm like it's that's where they got the idea for sonic the hedgehog it's probably not actually where they got the idea but like this came before sonic the hedgehog by like 30 years and so they very well may have gotten the idea from this um but i just thought it was really funny because it looked like the the down B spin roll that Sonic does, you know? But then, like you said, they, uh, Alice gets put on trial, uh, because the King fun fact, there's a King. I, I never knew that there was a King. Uh, it's really funny. At one point, the white rabbit introduces the queen and everyone cheers. And then, uh, the King kind of pokes him and it's like, Oh yes. And also the King. And one guy in the back goes, "Hooray!" (laughs) it was just so funny.
1: Yeah, I thought those layers. I totally forgot about the king, too, because the queen gets all the attention, obviously. So
0: so I would like to retract one thing that I said in the last episode, or at least I want to make a correction, uh, because in the last episode I said that the evil stepmother in Cinderella, her hair looks like the queen of hearts, and that is false, but not quite. So the stepmother in Cinderella has this big heart-shaped head of hair, and... That's what the Red Queen's hair looks like when it's Helena Bonham Carter in the live action version. But in this version, in the animated movie, the Red Queen looks nothing like that. She's like, just your, for lack of a non-offensive way of saying this, she's just kind of your stereotypical, oh, back in the day, it was okay to laugh at overweight people, so we're going to make her kind of big and bumbling. And that's kind of what the Red Queen looked like in this movie. Is that fair to say? I think so. And like I said, I don't mean that any kind of offensive to people who are larger. It's just that was kind of a trope of the time with cartoons.
1: Yeah, it just kind of shows the datedness of it. Also, like the smoking caterpillar kind of shows the datedness of this.
0: And then one final point on the plot. Uh, I just love when Alice wakes up. You know, she she's running away from the Red Queen and she has to wake up to get out of this dream and she wakes up and she starts talking about Wonderland just a little bit, you know, the nonsensicalness. And her mother kind of shuts her up and is just like, whatever, it's time for tea. And I just thought that was a cute little nod to the fact that there's been the tea parties happening and things like that all throughout the movie.
1: Yeah, she finally gets her tea because she didn't actually get to have any at the tea
0: party. That's true. I never noticed that. So uh, how do you feel about the music in this movie?
1: Like, these are not songs you're going to hear me singing all week. I mean, you'll probably hear me, like, cleaning dishes and going, the Rose Red. But, like, that's probably it.
0: Yeah. um, There was not a single song in here that is, like, a well-known classic Disney song, you know? Like, most older movies had at least one song that just about anybody who knows Disney knows that song.
1: Yeah, The Golden Afternoon is just not catchy, and the intro song is just kind of, like, Slow pace and a little weird and I was like, eh.
0: Yeah, I was not at all a fan of the intro music in this. It really reminded me honestly, I don't I don't really like the music that they put with the credits at the beginning of any movie. They just it's always really boring music. Um, the only exception being Deadpool 2. <laughs> um, but like in a lot of these older cartoons and stuff. Uh like another one is Robin Hood. Not a fan of that intro song. Um, which we'll get there. In a few weeks, I'm sure. Uh, But this one in particular, it just felt really bland. And even the songs in this that were fun were also weird enough that they're not going to be classics. You know, like Unbirthday was the one that I'm most likely to try to listen to and see if I can learn the lyrics because it was funny. But the others were just kind of meh.
1: I was going to correct you because Deadpool... Like isn't a Disney movie, but then I was like, well, I guess it is now. So I guess I can't like correct you. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I didn't say Disney movies. I just said movies with credits in the beginning.
1: Fair enough. Tend to have boring
0: music. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Uh,
1: But yeah, these songs just these songs just weren't very special. They're just kind of there, you know. Like they were enjoyable, like in the movie, but like they're just not ones you're gonna go around singing.
0: Yeah, and it's not like Alice in Wonderland was a musical. Like how some of the later movies like Little Mermaid and stuff are. And so it didn't have as many songs to choose from anyway. There were like five or six songs in this. And I I will say the background music fit very well. That's one thing that I think Disney always does really well. Where like someone's tiptoeing around and you hear those little sharp beats as they step. To kind of emphasize the goofiness of them tiptoeing around, or those kinds of scenes, like I feel like Disney movies tend to do a good job with background music like that.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree about that.
0: So, what about uh, acting and animation?
1: So, first off, the like really big thing I noticed was Alice's eyelashes. Yeah, like you could distinctly tell like she had eyelashes, and they were like it- they were animated there, and like they looked really good.
0: Yeah, um, I didn't actually specifically notice that, but now that you mention it, that, yeah, that is good. Um, I feel like this movie looked really good. Um, especially the trippier kind of scenes. Like, I feel like they put a lot of effort into making it look surreal. And so, like, especially when she's falling down the rabbit hole and then in the house before she's able to escape. There's a lot of weird perspective stuff happening, and just like a general dreamy quality to it, uh, which is kind of a hint that it's happening in a dream. You know.
1: Yeah, I think as much as we didn't enjoy the package films, like they did a good job of, like preparing for like this movie in particular. Lots of nonsense things, and things don't don't have to make sense. Um, I feel like those package films helped sharpen their skills for this.
0: Yeah, and uh, during that song, Golden Afternoon, the flowers looked fantastic. Um, And I think that's part of why I thought it felt kind of like similar to Fantasia, is because it was a similar kind of vibe of like the flowers moving around and playing instruments. You know, one of the flowers used its petals as symbols or things like that. Um, And then also, like I mentioned earlier, the uh, cards were fantastic. I especially loved there was one scene where the, uh, I think it was right before they play croquet and the cards all line up right next to each other and then shuffle themselves. And it just, it was just such a cute scene. And then even uh later on when Alice, at the end of her trial, she's running away and the cards are chasing her. And it looked like, you know when you beat a game of solitaire on the computer and like the cards just starts cascading across the screen? That's what it reminded me. I think it's a... Uh, I think it's actually Free Cell that does that, not plain solitaire. But uh, one of the the PC uh, solitaire card games, uh, I think it's Free Cell, the cards just cascade in a little waterfall down across the screen. And that's exactly what this looked like. And it was just really cool and satisfying because it's one of those things that when you look at it, you can kind of tell like, wow, they would not have been able to do this 15 years prior when they started doing the movies.
1: I would say my favorite piece of animation in this film was when, uh, let's see, who was it? It was the uh, March Hare was like, oh, just half a cup for me, and slices the cup in half and <laughs> drinks from it. That's got to be my favorite. I'm just throwing that out there.
0: Kind of reminds me of this whole trend right now with uh, people cutting things and it being cake. You know, <laughs> you see the memes around. Um, yeah, so uh, any other thoughts before we go into rating it? No, I I feel like this is pretty much, like, the most straightforward movie you could possibly have. It's just Alice trips for an hour.
1: Yeah, I, I can't think of anything except the, the lots of crying is relatable, so I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, personally, I'm thinking uh, 6 out of 10.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say. Like,
0: it's better than average quality. It's better than meh, but not by a lot. Like, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't not enjoy it, but I also didn't love it either.
1: Yeah, I think it maybe was too relatable for how we've kind of been feeling in 2020 and cooped up and, <laughs> like, kind of going crazy. Everyone's
0: and, mad here.
1: Everyone's mad here.
0: <laughs> yeah, most everyone's mad here. You may have noticed I'm not quite all there myself. No emails or comments on our Instagram or anything related to the question this week. Again, you guys need to start answering our questions so we have something to talk about.
1: Yeah, I really wanted to know people's answer to this question, too.
0: So last week we asked, which movie version of Cinderella is your favorite?
1: I feel like we need to qualify other than the animated version because it's the best. <laughs> You're not going to dissuade me and so uh, <laughs> from that. So as far as... Other versions, the live action remake in 2015 was super magical, but I also have a lot of nostalgia for the, I think it was 1997, like Whitney Houston version. Mm. I went to, when I went to summer camp, we watched it like once a week and I loved it every minute. I'm like, yes, this is the best.
0: Yeah. So, uh, personally, I think my favorite probably is the, uh, Disney live action remake, uh, it's easily the best of the live-action remakes that Disney has done. And so uh, I, I definitely absolutely love that one. Although the live-action Alice in Wonderland was really good, too. But I feel like it was more of a retelling as opposed to a remake. Because the live-action Alice in Wonderland was very different from the movie that we just watched. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the live-action Cinderella was fantastic, like you said. Partly just because I love Helena Bonham Carter. She is a treasure and makes any movie 10 times better that she's in.
1: I also really like it because it very much kept the spirit of the Cinderella story while telling it in a new and exciting way. And I'm definitely biased. Like I have the saying, have courage and be kind on my desk at work. So just give me a reminder to do that thing to do that thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a good reminder on the difficult days.
0: Yeah. Um, so other than that one, I, if you couldn't tell from last week, I have a lot of nostalgia for Ever After, because my sister really enjoyed watching that movie a lot when I was younger. Um, and so, honestly, as a kid, I didn't even put the two and two together that this is a Cinderella movie, because they never actually call her Cinderella, in Ever After. I can't remember what her name was. It may have just been Ella or something like that. It's been so long since I've seen it, but uh, I just loved like Leonardo da Vinci's character in that being like an inventor. And that was, he kind of replaced the fairy godmother. He like helped her out with her life and stuff. So it was like a really interesting grounded, not fanciful retelling of the Cinderella fairy tale. So uh, yeah, that's my other favorite there.
1: Yeah, I also just want to – I mentioned it in the episode, but the, A Cinderella Story like is a very fun retelling with uh, Hilary Duff
0: and all of that. I honestly don't think I've ever seen that movie. Um, I'm sure that's going to have to go on our must-watch list now.
1: I mean, we do have it on DVD.
0: Oh, we do? Yes! Uh, that was – we went to <laughs> – we went to a uh, local used bookstore and had the challenge of who could find the best movie in the bargain bin, and that was the w- that was the day you won because you found that one in the bargain bin.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's just really good. I didn't realize you hadn't seen it; otherwise, we would have watched it already. So could change <laughs> his answer. We'll keep you updated on that. <laughs> you
0: never know. I do love Hillary Duff. So
1: I mean, she is the best, right?
0: So, uh, this week, our question for you, if anybody is listening far enough into the show to hear our questions, and also you can answer, uh, old questions if you feel like it, by the way. Um, and we do list our question of the week in the description of the YouTube video and in the description on our Instagram post. Uh, but anyway, our question for you this week, since Alice in Wonderland is a children's story by Lewis Carroll, we were wondering what is your favorite children's book?
1: You can let us know on Twitter or Instagram at Disney Ages, or you can email your answer to Podcast at gmail.com.
0: Songs in this podcast are by Kevin McLeod and are used under a Creative Commons license. So check out the show notes for links to his music and to all our social media and email and all of that stuff. Uh, and if you like the show, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. Uh, honestly, we're not like monetized or anything, so it doesn't like help us out a whole lot or anything. It's just kind of fun to know that people like our show.
1: That's all we have for you this week, so come back next week to hear us review Peter Pan.
0: Until next time.
1: See ya.